May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel of John is unique, it's different than the other Gospels. It begins differently instead of with the story of Jesus being born or instead of the story of John the Baptist. It starts with that beautiful prologue that begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This gospel focuses on and balances the mystery that it is that Jesus is completely divine and completely human. The gospel is also unique in that it's the only one that includes this story from today. We usually call it the raising of Lazarus. And in the gospel of John, this story is the hinge. This is the turning point in what the gospel writer is telling us. The beginning of John starts with the prologue and then begins Jesus performing these signs so that the people that saw them would believe in him. And Lazarus is the seventh and last of the signs that Jesus would perform in his public ministry. Up to this point, most of the teaching has been to the crowds, and Jesus has been talking about light and darkness. We hear that in this reading, and he's been talking about life. These two words, up to this point, appear about 82 times in the gospel, but after this point, only show up six times. Because Jesus, after this scene with Lazarus, shifts his focus to more private teaching of his disciples. There are no more miracles, but what Jesus begins to start talking about is love, which to this point has only been mentioned six times. Now the story of Lazarus and his sisters Martha and Mary is the type of gospel reading that gives preachers too much to talk about. We have the actual raising of Lazarus from the dead, and we know that that foreshadows what is going to happen on the Easter morning with Jesus down to rolling away of a stone and discussion of burial cloths. There's also this wonderful exchange that begins with Martha, and it's almost hard to read it when she runs out to meet Jesus. And in her grief, she looks at Jesus and says, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we said that to God? If you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. And then she continues to talk through because she is a person of faith. And she says, I know, Lord, that he will rise on the last day in the resurrection. But right now he is dead. And Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Not some future point in time, but I am the resurrection and the life. And those who believe in me, even if they die, will live. Do you believe this? And Martha, probably with a lot more courage than I would have had at that point in time, says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, 
the one coming into the world. That's a sermon in itself, and after we've read about 45, passage, 45 verses from the gospel, you may want me to stop there, but I'm not going to. Because what I want to talk about is a verse that, at least when I was in Sunday school, was like the go-to verse if you had to memorize a Bible verse, which is buried in the middle of this passage, and in our translation we use today, they upped it to four words, but it used to just be two. And those two words were... Jesus wept. So Jesus knows that Lazarus has died and he's not even quite gotten to Bethany and Martha has met him with her grief and with her frustration about all these wonderful signs that he has performed but still her brother is dead and Mary comes out and repeats a similar conversation and Jesus sees the crowds that are upset and that are crying And in that moment, he weeps. And the crowd looks at him and says, see how he loved him. Now I'm going to get nerdy for a second because love in the Gospels can mean different things. Mm -hmm. John is written in Greek, so there's actually four words that could be used here. One is agape. We talk about agape in the church a lot. That's unconditional love that we get from God. One is called eros. That's romantic love that people share. One, I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce, but it's spelled S-T-O-R-G-E, storgia. And that's the love that parents and children share. And then there's a fourth love, which is called philia. And that's the love between friends and equals. Now in this passage, because we know as the reader the full story that Jesus is both God and human, we would probably expect him to be using the word agape, or like the crowd would respond that, oh, look at this unconditional agape love that Jesus has, this big kind of God love. But it's not. The word that is used here when the crowds look at Jesus crying and say, see how he loved him, is philia. What the crowd sees in the moment of Jesus' grief is the grief of a friend. From this moment of friendship, this love and loss, Jesus then goes to Lazarus' tomb and calls him out, and Lazarus steps forward from the grave, still wrapped in his burial shroud, and Jesus turns to Lazarus' friends and says, take this stuff off of him and let him go. And that's the hinge point. It's when the gospel changes. This Sunday is a hinge point for us. In our worship life, this is the last Sunday of Lent. When you come back next Sunday, we begin Holy Week with Palm Sunday and remembering Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and then we turn quickly to remember the cross and by reading the Passion. It's also a hinge point for us as a community because after the service we will have a parish meeting and we will elect some new leaders for our congregation. 
And I think this unique story from John is a wonderful hinge point for us, not just for ending Lent, but for this transition in our community. But to truly see how the story works, as Paul Harvey used to say, we have to hear the rest of the story of today's gospel. After Lazarus is raised, John tells us that many of the people that came with Mary to the tomb saw this took place and they believed. And that's where it stops. There's a next paragraph that we actually don't read in church at all. It's left out of the, the lectionary cycle. And what happens in that next, of, that next paragraph is we find out that some of the other folks that were in the crowd saw what Jesus did and instead of believing, went and told the Pharisees what had happened. And the Pharisees and the temple authorities call a council and there they are concerned because Jesus has performed all of these signs and that more and more people are going to believe and that this is going to disrupt the normal order of things and the Romans are going to come in and destroy everything that they have. And so to stop that, it's time to arrest Jesus. Caiaphas, the high priest, the text says, prophesies that it is better for one man to die than a nation to be destroyed. Caiaphas didn't quite know how smart he was at that moment because what we find out is that it is better for one man to die than the world to be destroyed. And the last line of that paragraph is that they, from that day on, they planned to put him to death. In the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, their hinge point that gets them to the passion isn't the raising of Lazarus. They don't have this story. Their hinge point is Jesus coming into the temple and having this direct confrontation where he sees the money changing and what's going on and he flips over tables and he prophesies that he could tear this temple down stone by stone and rebuild it. And that is what leads the temple authorities to say it is time to arrest him. But in John's gospel, everything that brings about our salvation is set in motion because of an act of love. An act of love that says that death is not the last word that says that Jesus is the Messiah, the one coming into the world who has brought resurrection not just on the last day, but now. For John, it is not the turning over of tables that is so threatening to human order. It is the overturning of death itself in an act of love. And not just God's love. So I believe that was there in the raising of Lazarus. But it's the kind of love that humans know and long for. And it's the kind of love that I hope that we share here at Christ Church, which is the love of friends and equals, a love that grieves together and celebrates together, and a love that grows out of and is based on the unconditional love that God has for us. Because we only get to love each other because God loved us perfectly first. Amen. So, 
We turn towards Holy Week. We turn towards a new life in our parish and our worship. We prepare ourselves to journey again to the cross, knowing that the story doesn't end on Good Friday, but that it continues through to Easter morning and that it continues today in our lives. And today we know that the love that sets in motion the changing of the world through, death, through the death and resurrection of Jesus is the love of friends. Amen.